Welcome to Mental Money, the podcast that empowers minority women in business to unlock their financial potential. Get ready to shift your mindset, break through barriers, and transform your relationship with money. Join us as we dive into practical strategies, expert insights, and inspiring stories that will elevate your financial success. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur, aspiring businesswoman, or just starting your journey, this podcast is your go-to resource for mastering money and achieving true financial empowerment. Get ready to level up your mindset and maximize your money with mental money. All right, here we go. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your patience. Hi, D, I see you. Okay, so now let's recap since we have a new uh, header, whoever's coming in for the first time. We don't have any questions about Feedback Friday, so we're gonna just turn this into a grant prep session. This is a this is a subject that people have been asking to revisit. We revisit, we did it the first time in April or so, but this is going to be a recap of that, all right? So we went through the Fearless Fund application yesterday. And in order to kind of prepare your mind for the grant application process, this is how you wanna approach it. The first thing to consider is what the grant actually wants to do, right? What their goals are, what their objectives are, because it's not necessarily just funding. It might be community. So a lot of our answers, especially when we are answering questions, are going to be about community. I'm sure if this community grant, it's going to be community questions. We saw that with the Keep It Local Business Fund application. There's a lot of community questions. So... One thing you want to know is what is the mission and vision of the company that is going to be funding the business? So first and foremost, with Fearless Fund, like we're going through right now, their objective and their mission is to be able to fund and capitalize companies that are scalable and have aggressive growth plans. Okay, now those seem like obscure things, but there is a way to quantify that. All right. And we can talk about more about that another time. Now, now that we got that out the way, let's look at their eligibility requirements, okay? So their eligibility requirements are that you are a black woman-owned business, okay? They also want you to, let's see. Okay, you have to be a U.S. legal resident, all right, 18 up, and the principal owner of the U.S.-based small business. So you have to be the owner of the, the business that's also based here, okay? So now, noting all those things, you might find that you've met all of those criteria and you want to apply. You're Black-owned, maybe you're pre-seed, you have a scalable business, and you've qualified that these are all things that you're able to do, you're able to meet. So let's now apply. All right, so what else should we know? Or how else should we prepare for this process? Um, we've done understanding the grant objective, uh, eligibility criteria. Now we're gonna go through the application. I suggest for two reasons that you go through um, each question one time. The second time you're going through it, well, just kind of like preliminary working through your answers and thinking about how you're going to frame your answers. That's one. But the second thing is you're going to open a Word document and you're going to extract the questions. 
And after you've gotten all of those questions down, work through it on Word before you submit them, okay? And the reason why I want you to do that is, one, I want you to have it saved somewhere. I want your answer saved somewhere. But second of all, I also want you to be able to, um, if you win this grant, you be, you're able to reference the answers that helped you win. So it's not like, oh my gosh, what did I say? Like, I'm not even sure this was a win and now I don't know how to recreate that. So you definitely wanna recreate that by being able to have all your applications saved in a Word doc somewhere um, safe and you keep, keep that where it needs to be, okay? So that's that. Next. Okay, so Fearless Fund, their application is pretty, pretty, decent like it's not a ton of questions so if you are going to be going through the application process and you see that it's 100 questions think about the timeline and then think about how long you have to um, answer these questions how much space you have to answer those questions and uh, about how long it might take you especially if this is your first time doing this so why did you start your business and what makes it unique is one of the questions that fearless funds ask if you're not sure about how to go through this then maybe you might want to spend some time Googling, you know, um, how to explain this, how to share this narrative. Or maybe you want to talk about different, you, you want to look into or think about different things that make your business unique. Now, in order to um, conduct this kind of research, you could also do a SWOT analysis. And a SWOT analysis is just going to help you differentiate the parts of your business and your competitors that help you stand out, like where your strengths are. SWOT stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And now, once you understand what those elements are of your business and you put them against a business that is a competitor, an indirect competitor and a direct competitor, you have more insight and more leverage to be able to play around with this answer. And then it might also inform other questions too. So just having that outlined is a good practice in and of itself, okay? Um, now, when you're going through it, make sure that you read the eight questions. Again, make sure that you're understanding what they're asking you and you are prepared to answer the questions in a way that um, answer the actual question. I know that sounds redundant, but actually answers the question, right? So when they ask you, why did you start your business? I don't want you to go on about things that are not relevant to why you started your business. Or, you know, don't go into too much detail about things that are not relevant to you being a business owner. So think about it from that point of view, okay? So now the application components are typically an overview. They're going to be information about like your business itself. So like your business name, they might ask for your EIN. They're going to ask for your address. They're going to ask for your phone number. They're going to ask for your website. Those are pretty standard. So making sure you have those things in place are a good idea. Okay. Now, um, creating a strong narrative. Now, this is what we go through on the lives when we help you format your answers this is what the objective is to give a compelling narrative now in order to give a compelling narrative one you really have to be answering the question and two i want you to understand that a compelling narrative is not making a story up that sounds good all right it's going to be either data driven research based and it's going to flow in a way that helps someone understand information and digest information about what you do and who you are. And the reason why I'm saying that is because when you think about, for example, um, a CPA, and you have to know your audience too, right? 
and don't assume that the people reading your grant application are are anything. Don't assume anything about them. Don't assume they're seasoned business owners. Don't assume their intelligence level. Don't assume their comprehension level when they're reading. Even though they're selected to do this, they may have um, gaps of information about your industry. So don't use too much jargon. Um, you also want to consider that they might be in a bad mood. I know we're we're humans and we're supposed to separate our feeling from our work, but someone might be reading your application and today is just not the day that they want to read the application. And there might be, depending on the organization, there might be different you know, barriers to help the individual not do that um, or create that kind of bias, but you never know who's reading your application. So don't assume anything is really, really important. Now, um, you also want to make sure that you're you're considering that this is a person who's probably read through a lot of applications. So you want your answers to be impactful, but you want them to be succinct, okay? You're concise, strong, to the point, gets it done, gets it in there, and we're, we're really churning out information that is valuable for them to make a decision about you as an applicant. You don't necessarily wanna put in a bunch of like fluff, all right? So that is all part of building up a compelling story and building a strong narrative. Um, so another thing to really consider is to quantify. And we've been talking about this since day one. Quantify, quantify, quantify. But you don't want your entire narrative to be numbers because we don't just want to sound smart. We want to be smart about it, right? So don't put too much, too many numbers at the top of the, um, the narrative. Don't put too many numbers at the end. We're sprinkling it in and kind of like building a story. So for example, if they're asking you who you are and like what, what about your business is unique, right? Maybe you can talk about how you started the business and the business was that the business came from a problem that you solved for other people and the unique market opportunity that you saw you were able to capture, right? Now, this would be a good place to put in numbers because you would say this industry is this large and you would use that number and represent it as a value, right? So, if, or a percentage or per how fast it's anticipated to grow, which is called your, which is called the industry's or the market's compound annual growth rate, okay? So that would be a good place to put in some numbers to support your idea about why you started this business. Does that make sense? Okay, so then now the next thing is, if you're saying that you're, you're solving a problem for a profit, now you can talk a little bit more about your solution and why you thought that this was the best solution because now this will help you flow into what makes it unique. So once we have the solution outlined, um, we're talking about this is a solution and our solution is unique because we've um, married two somewhat unrelated industries and saw that once we were able to do that, we had this byproduct, all right? Um, and then this is the unique approach, the unique solution, the unique um, customer segment that we were able to capture. Who knows what the deal may be, but once you've outlined that information, this now builds a strong, compelling argument for your for why this is a viable business, for why you started, what makes your business unique. It's, it's data supported. It has a little bit of gusto to it, right? So that's one. That's, <laughs> that's just one point of building a strong narrative. Now, uniqueness, I don't want you guys to get too tripped up about what makes you unique. Um, it could be that you just, you're able to save time, the consumer time. It might be that you do things in a way that helps the consumer save money, right? Maybe the other players in your industry are not focused, are not customer focused. 
So maybe your approach and what makes you unique is that you're customer focused and your customer experience is the number one part. But by the way, businesses that are customer focused, typically uh, they produce more monetarily, right? So you're consumer focused, you're getting data about your consumer, you're graduating with them and you're continuously offering them um, different products, offerings and services that will help you to continue building out things for your clients. Now the building out doesn't necessarily need to be you, it could be a strategic partnership, but you're focused on them. And that might be what makes you unique because other players might be driven by profit and we can we know how to determine that, right? So just think about it that way. Now, let's um let's look at what else we can think about so um documentation is super important too because a lot of grant applications will ask you about a business plan or a pitch deck they may ask you about a proposal depending on who you're applying to now those assets are really good to have also another good asset to have is your incorporation documents because they might ask you to verify that you are an actual legitimate business right um they may ask you to submit a headshot so some grants will also ask you to submit a headshot that is um like a selfie because they're just you know they just want to know what you look like or they want to tie your photo to someone to your application if you were to move forward with them um and then other grants will specify that they want a headshot or that they want a professional looking photo okay so make sure that you have those in a nice organized place and you are um, keeping them somewhere that's relevant another place th that's easy to access i mean excuse me another thing that they might ask you for is licenses right um let's say it was a, a opportunity that was specific to uh idaho okay and in that region of idaho where your business is located they have specific licenses that they want you to submit some may even ask you for a certificate of good standing. That's not uncommon. So think about it that way too, okay? So these things are things that you should have in place, all right? What else? Another thing that they may ask you for as far as like documents or things to attach is a video. It's not uncommon for grant funders to ask you to make a video telling them about your product or telling them about yourself, your team, or they may even ask you for like a a video showing the product how it works and things like that i personally believe that you should make a video for each individual grant application some people don't want to do that and that's fine and the only reason i believe that it should be done is because it's it's helpful to mention their name and demonstrate that you want to work with them right so for example um, in a video, if I was doing a video, I would say funding through the Fearless Fund would allow my company to do XYZ. I would say my company's name, but would allow my company to do XYZ. So you showing that intentionality does demonstrate that you are wanting to work with them, that you're interested in this opportunity versus kind of just doing a catch-all video where you're saying, well, funding would allow my company to be able to do XYZ, right? So that's something that definitely you would want to consider you could have a general video maybe it's an application that you don't have very much time to finish and you just need to doc you just need to kind of put something in you can probably do that but 
at the end of the day, it's more, I think it's more advantageous, in my opinion, to do something that's gonna kind of put you aside, apart from the competition. So put your name, put their name in the video. And then also, you know how like on YouTube, if you've ever uploaded into YouTube, there's like a cover. You can create a cover with your photo with their name on it. So something that just kind of puts you in a different category, like, oh, this person really put some work into this, right? So that's that. Now, um, obviously, I, I know this is, I, I don't wanna make it seem like it's obvious, but it is obvious. Making sure that your answers when you're submitting them are grammatical, making sure that they are um, they are not riddled with uh, cursed words or anything like that because you are being judged on that kind of stuff, right? Um, also, performance and metric outcomes. So, for example, um, now this this one is for, I think, higher levels of funding, right? Or even, even lower levels of funding, really. But if you are going to apply for a grant, like we applied for this one grant, it was like $1,000 and there was just over 50 questions. And when I thought about it, I was like, I'm not applying to this one. Only because it just did not seem worth my time because of how low the amount was, right? So granted, I have support on this process, but even with the support, it's, is it like, I mean, am I going to pay someone an hour, an hour and a half of work for only potentially a thousand dollars? Because when you look at like the opportunity cost, I guess you would say, I want a higher level of funding if I'm going to try to make that work. So something to consider, I'm not, I mean, since we're all new to this space, it may just be worth it to kind of just get those applications and turn them out and kind of flex that muscle. But if you're further along in the game, then this is definitely a time to be determining, like weighing your options for sure. Now, um, what else? All right, so another thing about um, KPIs is, I'm having, I'm drawing a blank. Um, the ROI, right? So when you go through a grant application, they're almost going to ask you nearly every time. There's very, I want to say maybe one or two applications we went through that didn't ask this. And they were asking what you're going to do with the funds. Now, you should be able to, and if you have a projection sheet, demonstrate what the funds applied are going to help you accomplish and what the return on investment is and that return on investment is typically it's it's typically represented as a percentage right so it does that's not a hard and fast rule you could say that one dollar applied is going to bring you ten dollars so it 10x your return right you could say that it uh that it um you could say that it went up by however much percentage, typically a percentage, but you could say 10X, you could say however you want to represent that that growth factor, right? When the funds are applied, if you were to be funded, right? So um, your budgeting and your projection sheet will allow you to do that because it just, you just stick in a number and it tells you, okay, now when this fund is applied, these are what my expenses are gonna be, this is what my overhead is, but this is gonna be my profit based on the number of items that I've outlined I'm going to sell or how it's going to be applied and what products and offerings I'm going to be able to produce with this fund or with this with this award. Okay? So think about that. 
Um, now, another element of your grant application that's really, really, really going to set you apart is a letter of support or recommendation. Okay? Um, so, I would say if you're going to seek a letter of support, think about someone that you're going to strategically partner with first and prioritize that person. So, this letter is not saying that, um, you know, we we are going to be part of the project in any way necessarily, but maybe you're an extension of it. But this letter is going to be someone who can speak to your work ethic, who can speak to the business, who supports the idea. The more notable that person is, the better. Does that have to be? No. But the, the more notoriety that person has, or even if their position holds some weight, you really want that applicant, that, um, that, uh, individual to me, the one to write the letter of support or recommendation for you. Because imagine getting a letter from the VP of a company versus someone who is like a supervisor. And I know it sounds funny, but that's how they're measuring the success of this or the weight of this letter of support. And ultimately your success letter, your success of the business too, because it demonstrates that you have support. You have people who are vying for your product to be successful or your service to be successful. Okay. Um, someone says, I'm in childcare. Could it be from one of the previous parents I served? It could be, but I would, if I were going to do childcare and it was coming from a letter from a parent rather, I would... Hmm. Yeah, I would want it to be from someone who's been in my care for a long time, right? Um, like they've really, their child has really been in my, like they've, they've really dedicated that time to my business. Um, and then, and then their title, right? So for example, they should have a and that was going to be my next point. So they should have a position that is congruent to what you are doing. Okay. So um, D says that she's a social worker. That makes sense because social workers, most in most cases, depending on you know what kind of work they do, should know what a good childcare arrangement looks like. So coming from a social worker that trusts you with their kid. It says something, but I would want that the kid is in your care for an extended period of time to kind of really have that impact. Like, you know, I've been working with D for 20 years, for example, right? Obviously, the kid's not going to be 20 years old after that. But if it was that kind of length of time or like while the child was an infant till the time that they no longer were qualified for um, for daycare and they had to go to kindergarten, that would be significant because then you've seen the child from day one and nothing's happened to them. Okay, so good question, D. Now, um, other than that, if you are going to do something outside of like the example that we gave with D, just consider that maybe this is an individual who is can really speak to your industry as well because you don't want someone supporting you who um, who's writing a letter of support for you who really can't even speak to what a successful person in that industry would look like. That doesn't really make sense, right? So... We want letters of support from people who are either A, strategically aligned with us, or B, can speak to you as a business owner, or C, can speak to you directly as a business owner and has industry experience and is a really notable person in the industry or holds a really heavy, weighty title, all right? Um, does that all make sense? 
Okay, awesome. So now, um, another thing I think people don't do enough is ask someone to review their uh, their application. So here it's tricky because you want to ask someone who has relevant experience. But then you also want to ask someone who does not have any experience or contact with your market, your industry, your product, your offerings, nothing. Because if they can understand it, that's good for them. Okay? So we're not doing applications today. Right? We're just doing like a walkthrough of what you should have in place and how to conceptualize going through this process before you start. So we did three applications this week. We did Monday we did Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So today was supposed to be Feedback Friday, but it doesn't look like anybody needs any feedback, which is kind of good. I'm happy about that because that means we're doing our job, right? But at the same time, um, a lot of people from earlier was like, let's do this grant walkthrough or this grant um, submission process all over. Like, let's walk through the elements of it. So this is something that was a long time waiting anyway. So here we go, okay? So that's what we're doing today, a grant prep. We're just prepping, thinking about how to prep for grants. Um, so common pitfalls, one of the things we're talking about reviewing, that's right. So I think you should have someone who is not really in contact with your business in any way, shape or form for real that is not gonna steal your idea, that's not going to you know, um, understand what it is that you do, or just doesn't understand, or e it's not even business savvy. Have them look over your application. And the reason why you wanna do that is because they, if they can go through it and understand it, then you should be good, right? Like as far as comprehension is concerned, um, as far as like articulating your points is concerned, um, ask them to see if you answer the if you if they believe that you answer the question to the best of your ability. And then also another thing that you could consider is um, if they do have questions for you, that means to go back and revisit something. Because not necessarily because um, it's not good, but because if someone that doesn't understand something is going through your application and they're asking you questions, then that's perfect. Now this gives you an opportunity to clarify. It gives you an opportunity to fix it up. It gives you an opportunity to, you know, improve on what it is that you said before, which is great. So, um, and honestly, I used to do this with my cousin, like who was, he at the time he was like six or seven. So he was really young. He could have even been five. He, he was like five to seven at that time when I first, 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 first started. And I would do this with him with everything. If I'm not sure, about how I'm articulating this or what it is. Talk to a child about it. If they can understand it, if they can conceptualize it, then you are golden because kids, not that they're, you know, they are challenged in any way, but their comprehension is a lot more limited than we are. And for, especially for a kid, you want to do it because they're not caught up in details, right? They, they need mostly cut and dry. If you can kind of get it down to that, where it's really concise and a five-year-old can spit it back out to you, especially these new age five-year-olds, because these kids different, okay? So if you can, if a five-year-old can spit it out to you and regurgitate what it is that you said to them comprehensively, assuming you're, of course, this is nuance, right? Assuming your business is not like in quantum physics or something, but even then, you should still be able to break it down to them and for them to understand it and spit it back to you and they comprehend it, okay? So that's one thing I think people don't do enough. 
is get feedback. Now, let's say we've gotten to the grant application process and uh, the, another common thing that some people don't do is they go through the grant application process, they submit applications, and then they get, a re they get awards and they don't ask why they got awarded. So we're not gonna just say, you know, why us? Why pick us? Because we're confident people and we know that we have a good business, we have a good idea that deserves funding. However, you want to be able to replicate what it is that you did well, right? You, this is a this is a numbers game. So the more you churn out, you wanna increase your chance every single time you apply. So if someone gives you an award, first thing you need to do is, hey, thank you, appreciate you. We love that you believe in our idea. We love that you believe in what we're doing. But we wanna also know, what was it about our project? What was it about our initiative that drew that drew you to us, right? We love to be able to do this with other opportunities as well. I bet you most people do not ask that question. I, I'm, I'm almost willing to put a lot of money down that most people don't ask that question, okay? Another thing people don't do, and I'm gonna actually post a video about this later because I went, I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is, and then I'm going to tell you what happened. So I did an interview with a woman, her name is Joy, and she's the one that taught us about the multiplier effect. If you come to the lives, you'll hear about that all the time, all right? We, we did an interview, and during the interview, we came to the realization that she, of all the thousands of applications she's received, I'm the only one who reached out to her and asked her for feedback about why I did not receive the grant. Most people just reached out to her and said, hey, did you did I get funded? Like, when is the announcement going to be? But actually getting feedback and then requesting feedback about why you were not submit, why you were not selected so that you can increase your chances about being selected in the future. We have to remove our emotions from the the process in some way because it's not personal. These grant funders have very clear lines about what it is that they want to fund. They picked an initiative that worked for them. Get to your next no, okay? And move through your next no really quickly. Don't get caught up in the rejection of it or like feeling like you're begging for money. All businesses at some point are capitalized from funds that are not internal, okay? That do not come from their bottom line or their profit. So just kind of get in that mind frame now. All right, cool. We didn't get it. Get to my next, let me get to the next person who's going to give me some money. That's how this works. Even these large corporations, okay? I've seen some of these, if you, okay, let me put it this way. Go on grants.gov, okay? The government is giving these organizations that have the capacity and demonstrate the capacity to provide, to do the job, grants for hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars to millions of dollars, okay? These people are still asking the government for money, no matter how large your corporation is. So please do not be fooled that this is not a process that you'll always be doing. So you should always be asking for feedback, all right? So that's for sure. So um, Ms. May, yes, you. in most cases, you do, need a, you do need an LLC because these are business grants. So you would have to demonstrate that you have a business, that you're operating a business, and that you plan on being profitable and scalable in some way, right? Especially for um, Fearless Fund, because that's what they're talking about. So that's their mission. They wanna work with companies that have that, that are positioned to do those two things, all right? Um, so I want you guys to get out of the idea that you're, you're not needing feedback, because getting feedback is going to put you in position for the next application that could better position you. Okay, so please ask. It's not personal. 
what what is it about my business that you know um or what what could you please tell me what it was and i have a temp i have some templates in the community if you're interested um i've given you guys the contact information for these organizations the the um as well as the i'm drawing a blank as well as the okay so it's the templates the feedback and also the um the contact information okay now, also, another thing I think people should do that they do not do is reach out to previous winners, okay? Now, if you have enough time to do this, reach out to previous winners. Now, this one is tricky because I don't want a previous winner to be inundated with messages, okay? All right? The, I, it, like asking for feedback. But you can set yourself apart by asking one or two questions, this is not an opportunity to get like some kind of walkthrough or handout or anything like that. Hey, I'm applying for this grant. I really am interested in um, applying. This is why you also have to be really um, selective about what you're applying to because otherwise you'll be sending out these, uh, um, these questions all day long, right? Instead of actually working on the grant and the funding or in your business. So you're gonna ask, I want, um, I'm applying for this grant. I have this question. If you have one question for them, just, I had a question about this. I would love to get your feedback about this one thing so that I could try to increase my chances of winning. All you got to do, don't go with a, li a, a list of questions 30 pages long, okay, guys? Because these people are business owners too. They're working in their business. They're trying to figure things out. So one thing that you really are not clear about, you can do that. If you don't have a particular question um, and that person's willing to answer it, you could just say, hey, I'm interested in applying for this grant, but... Um, you know, I'm not feeling too confident about it. Do you have anything you'd like to offer up as a word? And then whatever they give you, you might have to just take that, right? So definitely reach out to previous winners because that's super important, all right? You heard it here first, all right? Now, um, reviewing and submitting. So just go through everything. Run it through Grammarly if you need to. Run it through, um, again, the other people before you submit. And then make sure, guys, please, <laughs> I beg the deadline okay um because you forgot your dog ate your homework the computer crashed they don't care all right unless they offer an extension th there is none so just go ahead and apply by the time that the deadline is 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 put there okay what what deadline is put there so if it says august 11th at 11 59 p.m guess what you have until 11 58 0.59 okay so just do what you got to do with that information all right um what else we talk about following and then we talk about leveraging feedback right so remember i mentioned joy um she gave me feedback about the multiplier effect okay now for her when um i gave this example when i applied for her giving joy grants I had mentioned what I was going to do with the funds and the application was really small, right? I mentioned what I would do with the funds and she, I hadn't done the theories of change in a really long time, so I didn't think to do one, but she pretty much outlined that when you apply the funds for her grant, what she wants is that when you apply the funds, that you demonstrate how the funds will have a multiplying effect. So that's what the multiplier effect is, right? So you take the funds, you 
are going to put them into your business in some way, but they don't, it doesn't just stop there, right? How you are going to impact either the community at large or how that money is going to stretch past whatever you're going to apply it to. Now, you can use something called the theories of change to demonstrate that um, or that uh, that format or that um, it's called, yeah, that format to kind of work through it. But that's pretty much, that's pretty much that. Okay, so... Any other questions? If not, then we're gonna head out because it's it's about one o'clock. Yeah, no problem, you guys. Uh, it really is my pleasure. Um, I and. I truly, it truly is amazing to watch you guys take this knowledge, this information, apply it. Um, so this is going to be actually available on YouTube. So I will, when, you know, TikTok has to do their thing um, and the YouTube has to upload it. So whenever it's live, I'll make an announcement. Okay. So this is going to be available on YouTube and I'll, I'll make the link available at least by Monday. So give me some Monday, please. Um, but this one will be available. This one was free in the community the first time. It's free now. So please feel free to do that. Next week, um, every Monday, the calendar comes out for the opportunities that we're going to go through in the next week. So um, please go through, follow on uh, Instagram as well because it, the it's Mental Money Podcast, I believe. Um, let, me, let me get that information for you. Good question. I should know that off the top of my head, but... I rarely ever go to the YouTube land for real. Um, the handle is Mental Money Podcast, same as the um, same as the the one here. So um, this will be available on YouTube to rewatch it. I'm actually gonna post this as a podcast episode because I didn't have anything for Monday anyway. So um, <laughs> we're gonna post this as a podcast episode. Um, so that's that. I mentioned earlier that we have these templates we have all of this broken down inside of the community right so if you're interested in being able to access that there's two groups that you can access that are not heavily um that are not of that are not actually of uh, paid at all if you pay for it then you'll be able to access it okay you'll access the app the people's information for who to follow up with you'll also be able to follow up with um the have the templates for follow-ups you even have a video pitch template like how to set up your videos for success as well so just think about that if you're interested um but like i was saying sorry i got distracted by the comment but i was saying that um I've, it's been a pleasure watching you guys unfold apply this information take it run with it and that's just on the lives Okay, that's not even any of like the more detailed, in-depth trainings. That's just the lives. Like people have been funded, finalists. It's really amazing to watch. And I'm I'm glad that you guys are letting me on this journey with you. As much as like you're grateful, I'm grateful too. So um, if you guys can, while you're on YouTube, if you can subscribe through too as well. Like just go ahead and subscribe, hit that notification button, all the things, right? And it will be available on YouTube by Monday under under podcasts all right all right cool um other than that if oh this will actually i'll put the video up on um yeah on youtube so if nothing else i'm gonna head out but um 
What I want to do is, y'all can let me know if this would actually work for you guys. I've been thinking, I've been playing around with the idea of doing like live sessions with like one-on-one -on -one live sessions with people. It's okay, Kat. You can catch us on YouTube. Go to Mental Money Podcast on YouTube and the replay will be available there, okay? So um, if you, if that's something that you guys would be interested in, I would want people to sign. Uh, yeah, thank you. I just noticed that. <laughs> it just gave me a notification. Okay, so um, if you would want something like that, I'm going to create a sign-up form and it's going to be random. I'm going to pick like some, it's, it's literally going to be randomized. So if you want to try to get like your questions answered about like business or um, how to format some of these grant stuff, I'm going to pluck someone out and we can do that on Mondays. Okay. So you'll let me know if that's something that you want or how do you guys like that idea? Let me know. Because I don't want to do, I don't want to propose something just for the sake of doing it. Um, I want this to actually be useful to you. So we get on live. I'd give you an invite link. You'd come in and we'd do an invite link. We'll set a time. Um, it'll be at random. And then someone would just come in and we'd do like a one-on-one -on -one breakdown and a one-on-one session on live. And that would be Mondays. Yes, I would ask a ton of questions for that live. Okay, Kat. You know what, Kat? Since you were the first one to comment, let's. you'll be the first person. Um, if you follow me here... Um, I'll follow you back. Let me just make a, let me follow you now. Okay. And then we'll set it up for Monday. There we go. Just like that. So Kat, come ready with your questions on Monday. Okay. And I'll, I'll DM you now so we can get, we can connect and then, um, we'll start Monday. Cool. Works for me. I love it. So, um, let Kat be an example to you guys that closed mouths don't get fed. All right. All right, y'all. So with that, with that being said, I'm going to head out because I have a 115. So I'm going to try to like kind of reset myself before that. But I appreciate you. Um, it's been good and have a great weekend. Okay. All right. Bye. Have a good one, you guys. Mental Money Podcast is a YouTube. And whenever we do Feedback Fridays or grant prep sessions or anything, I'll be sure to put the um, the social media links here. You guys are right. That's, that's a good idea. I didn't think about that. But now that you guys are asking, I'll definitely put like something right here beside me or something else okay yeah no problem all right y'all so y'all be good have a good weekend and i will see you actually tomorrow we're having a book club session i forgot to mention we have a book club so it's called the book it's called the business bookshelf i give you guys the pdf version of the uh the books and if you want um what else this is inside the community by the way okay um, we have a business book club and then also the, we're going through chapters one through three of the book from six to seven figures. All right. Like it's literally my favorite book and I haven't made a consistent, like I haven't had seven figures in one year in annual recurring revenue, but that book definitely helped me get to six figures though. So I was at five figures before and it helped me get to six figures. So we're actually revisiting the book so we can get to implementing a lot of the key things in there. Um, I know that session is going to be chef's kiss. So I'm ready for that session tomorrow. Um, if you want to come inside the community, that's the first book that we're doing. That's the book for August. And we already have the next two books mapped out for, um, what am I saying? August, September and October. Okay. And we're open to suggestions. So please let me know and we'll see you inside the community if that's something that you're interested in. Otherwise, for real this time, have, have a good weekend. All right. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Mental Money. 
where we've explored the transformative power of mindset in your financial journey. Remember, your potential knows no bounds. Now it's time to take action. Start by subscribing to our podcast to never miss an empowering episode. Join our vibrant community of minority women in business by following us on social media. Connect with like-minded individuals, share your story, and gain exclusive insights to fuel your success. Visit our website, mentalmoneypodcast.com, for valuable resources, show notes, and bonus content. And don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us grow and reach even more ambitious women like yourself. Together, let's break barriers, shatter glass ceilings, and rewrite the rules of success. Keep empowering your mindset and remember... With mental money, your financial future is limitless.